Hi everyone, nutritionist Deepa here. And the question that I will be answering on today's episode of Ask Nutritionist Deepa is, can healthy food be unhealthy uh, for some of, some of those who are dealing with specific medical conditions? And to answer that question, I have my dear friend, my mentor, my, uh, my role model, and my, my new office mate, Dr. Anju Usman Singh. Dr. Anju, please welcome, and my honor to have you on my episode of Ask Nutritionist Deepa. Uh, I know you are a, one hell of an MD who has been uh, practicing since 2003, and you have taken upon yourself a humongous task of treating those conditions which are not treated by the mainstream um, uh, practitioners. So, uh, Anju, please tell us who you are and what you do, and welcome to Ask Nutritionist Deepa. Well, thank you, Deepa, for that very profound question. And I'll get to that in a few minutes, but um, let me introduce myself for those of you who don't know me. Um, I have been working in integrative medicine since 1997, actually. I have a medical practice um, in Naperville, which is called True Health Medical Center. And I predominantly work with um, families and specifically children with metabolic issues and developmental delays like um, autism and things like pandas. And I also have a compounding pharmacy that uh, we own, my um, husband and I own. It's called um, Pure Compounding Pharmacy and we carry a lot of different supplements that are just very clean and natural. And then I also have a supplement company that I started. Um, I put some unique formulations together that uh, you know are I've been using over the years things for mitochondrial function, things for oxalates, um, things for SIBO. So um, that's true healing naturals. So thank you for having me on your show. Oh, thank you for sharing that information as well. And uh, let's get right into it. So in your professional life, you have treated people with allergies and asthma and ADHD and compromised immune system. Uh, what else? Uh, OCD, mm. autism spectrum disorders, uh, uh, so many things. And most of, if not all, most of those conditions have been associated with, with their gastric uh, health, their GI health. And it was you who taught me many years ago that some of the healthy sounding vegetables or uh, foods may not be as healthy for those who are suffering with all these type of uh, medical conditions. So please uh, share with us what, what's behind that thought. What, what conditions are we talking about? What are the oxalates and um, uh, phenols and salicates that, that interfere with, uh, with our uh, GI issues and thus the mental health? Yeah, so I know in your, um, in this um, series of lectures that you have posted, um, we talk a lot about diet. And I think that when we're talking about health and any kind of chronic condition, the number one thing I tell my patients that they can do for their health is have a good, healthy diet. 
that that surpasses any supplement, anything else that you can do. The problem is what's the healthy diet for the individual? That's where we get into trouble because what might be healthy for me may not be healthy for you. Correct. So I kind of break it down into two categories. Um, I kind of break it down into patients who have GI issues or gastrointestinal issues. They have like gas, bloating, reflux, um, irritable bowel type syndromes. And one of the big things that many people don't realize is 70% of the immune system is in the gut. So whenever we have an immune issue, an autoimmune issue, we have to deal with these types of, think about the gut. So gut on one end. And on the other end, I face a lot of patients with like anxiety, like perseverations or they're overthinking, they can't sleep, they're that wired and tired. Um, and a lot of kids with like ADD, ADHD. So again, when I break these diets down, I'm like, okay, let me look at this category of this hyperactive brain. And in that category, we'll have some specific type of diets. We'll have like, um, um, some patients will have copper zinc imbalances. So we'll have like a low copper diet. Some of those patients will have problems handling phenols when they eat foods that are highly colored or highly phenolic, they'll get red cheeks and red ears. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll um, get very kind of agitated and hyper. So that's the kind of the low phenol, low salicylate, the, the fine gold diet back in the seventies for like mm-hmm. ADD. So that's one category. And the other category is this like GI. So what's going on in the GI? Is it yeast overgrowth? Is it bacteria overgrowth called SIBO? Mm-hmm. Um, is it um, um, CFOS, um, small intestinal fungal overgrowth? Are we dealing with um, oxalate issues? And and so, so again, the, the gut people have to kind of look at some of those kinds of issues and do testing or um, like a symptom checklist to see if they may have some of those kinds of problems. Okay, and then in those cases, uh, what kind of foods need to be eliminated? So I kind of think about, okay, so if you have, if you're eating, and, you know, in the morning you wake up and you have a flat tummy and by the end of the day, you have this bloated abdomen and every time you eat, you kind of feel so full that you just, you don't ever feel like you're like letting things go out of your gut. You might have this overgrowth of bacteria in the gut. And usually that's because of motility. Things aren't moving through and things are kind of getting stuck. And so the, the bacteria actually refluxes into the small intestines and it shouldn't be there. Hmm. Then when we eat like fermented foods like sauerkraut or yogurt or kefir, Hmm. kombucha, those fermented foods were adding to that bacterial load. Hmm. And those may not be the best types of foods for these people. The other foods that are not good for people with um, CFO, small intestinal fungal overgrowth, or CFO, small intestinal Hmm. bacterial overgrowth, are foods that are high in fiber. Yes because these fiber foods are very hard to digest Hmm. and they are sitting in the gut, not moving very well and they ferment and they create a lot of gas and a lot of bloating. So those types of patients need to kind of calm down that fermented foods, calm down that excess fiber, calm down the carbs and the sugar that are feeding the bacteria and then maybe work on that 
fungal and bacterial load, I usually do like a six week biofilm protocol, mm-hmm. clean that up and then see if we can start reintroducing some of these really helpful foods. Absolutely. And then uh, some of you may, may or may not know that uh, Anju takes care of the clinical side and get the patient going. And then many times they fall into my lap for, for, their, uh, for their diets. And uh, when I'm treating these patients with these conditions, you know, to address that fiber issue, I definitely tell them to obviously move away from excessive fiber because people, the general uh, concept out there is that if you're having constipation, uh, you need more fiber. Or if you have gas and bloating, you know, maybe it is, it is a digestive health issue and you need to push more fiber or, or uh, the probiotics through the food like kombucha and uh, uh, yogurt. And I have also seen that even the probiotic supplement doesn't work properly. In fact, it backfires, mm-hmm. you know? So, so I tell them to really go off of all those things and put them on I wouldn't call it a low fiber diet, but introduce right right kind of fiber, so to speak, just enough for them to get the motility going and and, uh, have them eat everything cooked. Almost like pre-digesting some of it. Exactly. You know, and then also work on their uh, healing their gut lining. Yeah, the other part of this particular group of people with the SIBO is that um, the other thing that they have trouble with is high fructose foods. Yes. So the high fructose food diet, the the low fructose food diet, sorry, is called a FODMAPS diet. Yes. And it's a low oligosaccharide, low fructose diet. And there's like, really, like my favorite fruit is in that category, mangoes. You know, it's a high fructose fruit. And so hopefully these kinds of interventions are temporary. Um, And like you said, certain fibers might be okay, like the soluble fibers. But if you're eating these foods and you're not feeling well, even if they're, even though they're healthy, you should probably take note and say, okay, there, there, there might be something wrong. I mean, I'm eating salad and I feel, I feel worse. You know, exactly. I'm all this raw food and I, I just feel terrible and exactly. there's something going on. Exactly. That's, and uh, I, I'm noticing that more now, since more and more people are trying to go plant-based, but I warn them that if you are going to jump into plant-based and if your GI is not where it needs to be, it's all going to backfire. You're going to feel frustrated and stop eating plants, which we don't want them to do. We do want them to eat healthy food, but fixing the GI first and, and getting the right environment ready uh, before they switch to the, the healthy options is extremely important. Yeah, I think, you know, some people don't realize that they have these conditions. They occur after maybe a food poisoning event or they occur after they've been on antibiotics and mm-hmm. the antibiotics have kind of shifted their microbiome. Um, some people have what we call a um, overgrowth of sulfur reducing bacteria. Mm-hmm. And again, what does that mean? That, that means that they've, they've fed these sulfur 
loving bacteria and they've got so much with high sulfur foods that they've the sulfur bacteria is overgrown. Oh, wow. So dairy is very high in sulfur. Meat is very high in sulfur. Onions and garlic, broccoli, cauliflower, again, healthy food. They're very high in sulfur. And in certain people, this, this sulfur loving bacteria will overgrow and you'll produce a lot of sulfur gas. So you can kind of smell that sulfur gas. I mean, it doesn't smell so yeah. nice. Smells like rotten eggs. Um, some people don't even have the smell of the sulfur gas, but they are producing this sulfur. And the, what's interesting about the sulfur is it's hydrogen sulfide. Mm -hmm. And it thinks it's a neurotransmitter. It's like, okay, I'm going to act like I'm serotonin. I'm going to act like I'm dopamine, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. It creates a lot of confusion in the brain. Mm -hmm. So foggy brain, foggy thoughts, um, disorganized thinking. It could be from this bacteria producing hydrogen sulfide and confusing your brain. My so goodness. again, those, those low sulfur foods would be needed for a short period of time to bring that bacteria down. I see. Now, apart from uh, obviously identifying these foods and reducing their load in your diet, are there any supplements? Is there any anything else that can be done to, to restore this balance? Yeah, so there's a lot of doctors out there that talk about um, how to treat SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, how to treat CIFO, small intestinal mm -hmm. fungal overgrowth, and now how to treat this sulfur, kind of we call it sulfur SIBO. Hmm. And one of the mainstays of treatment is to kill it. Yes. You know, that's what we do. <laughs> we like to kill things. So we give them something to kill it. And so out there, there's in reg, I, I, I call it traditional medicine. Mm -hmm. There are medications such as rifaximin and mm -hmm. metronidazole. Um, and there's antibiotics, um, things that like that can kill the bacteria. But what mm -hmm. I find is if you do that, you can maybe do something like that. Um, but some of this bacteria will come back. Hmm. And so it, it is a combination of killing the bacteria, working on the diet, and then seeing if you can maintain that. Now, sometimes um, we try not to use antibiotics because they have their own side effects. Yes. So I, I developed a, a protocol, which um, I call my biofilm protocol because these bacteria sometimes produce film around them. It's a natural film. It's like a mucus film. It's called a biofilm. And the bacteria can stay persistent under that film. Oh. And so if we can break down that mucus, calm down the bacteria, calm down feeding the bacteria, then um, we're able to kind of get back control of our microbiome, our diversity. Mm -hmm. And so I, I developed an enzyme called mucosols that okay. breaks down this film. Okay. And I developed a, um, a um, it's an essential oil that's in a powder. Okay. And, and it's interesting because, you know, oils are hard to digest too sometimes. Yes, yes. And in the powder form, it's easy to digest and mm -hmm. oils can penetrate. They can get into things like cells. Sure. They yeah. can get deeper than a water-soluble herb. Mm -hmm. 
So um, this product I developed is called Biotisol. It has some essential oils like oil of oregano, oil of thyme, lemongrass oil, grapefruit seed oil, and a little bit of neem and a little bit of berberine. So it hits parasites, bacteria, yeast, fungus. And then with uh, breaking down the mucus, using the herbs to kill the bacteria, we are able to kind of get that bacterial load and yeast load, fungus load down. Um, and then we need the fibers and then we need that good diet to kind of clean things up and heal that gut lining that you're so good at. So that's, uh, that's, that's amazing that it all boils down to gut health. And it's, it, there is an art and science to how we, we get that uh, gut health under control. And it's, it's, uh, it's comforting to know that the supplements like you have developed exist because as you see, I see every day, there are people suffering with so many GI issues. It's mm. heartbreaking mm. and they, they are suffering and they feel this is how it should be. You know, people mm. get used to gas and bloating and not feeling well and even having headaches or allergic reactions to this food. And it becomes their just normal life until they, until you know we sort things out with them um one one more symptoms that i often see is acid reflux is there any connection between all these foods and acid reflux i know it again it goes back to the digestive health issue uh, do you think these supplements will also help with that yeah i think you know with the the reflux there's so many reasons why people have the reflux mm -hmm. i mean my patient population some of the reasons is poor what we call motility mm -hmm. they have very weak muscles yeah they don't have a very strong core of muscles mm -hmm. so again because of that they their bowel movements things aren't moving through the bowels very nicely mm -hmm. it's kind of things are backing up backing up and so again, to get that motility moving, so drinking lots of fluids, drinking a lot of water, um, hydration, exercise and movement, and even things like fiber, especially a specific fiber, it's called partially hydrolyzed guar gum. Yes. The guar gum, the P-H-G-G, -G, mm -hmm. um, in the studies, it's very helpful for constipation. Yes. So constipation is kind of a, a huge enemy and you could have a bowel movement every day and still be constipated Correct. that we want things to go through the gut within 24 hours. So if you eat corn today, you should see it within 24 hours coming out. Yeah. So again, some people with reflux is because of the constipation. Um, and then this whole idea of, you know, the bowels not if the, there's a lot of bacterial overgrowth, what happens is the, the the gallbladder, the liver, the whole system gets out of whack. Yeah. And so you, when the bile isn't moving, you can't digest your fats. And when you can't digest your fats, again, things back up. And we, we sometimes have reflux for that, for that reason. Um, some people Absolutely. have overgrowth of a bacteria in the, the stomach called Helicobacter pylori. H. pylori, And yeah. this Helicobacter pylori all of us have a little bit, all of us have a little bit. And again, when it overgrows, it can lead to ulcerations and gastritis and that feeling as well. Um, so I see a lot of reflux in patients with this, this what I would say, dysbiosis or imbalanced yes. microbiome. Patients 
physical care sites as well. I see a lot of reflux and esophagitis. So I'm always on the lookout for what's the, what's the treatable condition because these H2 blockers, you know, no. what are they going to do? Or the proton pump inhibitors? What do you, what oh do you, what do you feel about that? That's, that's the worst treatment in my opinion. You know, um, I happened to read the history about PPIs, the most commonly prescribed medication. And the originally that, that medication was designed to be taken only for two weeks. And now people are on it for years, like 20 years, I, I, you know, and it just, it, 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 it doesn't work and it has so many uh, other uh, side effects. Um, all right. So this is very, very um, uh, enlightening, enlightening to, to learn about, again, the effect of some, some of the usually considered as healthy foods, the unhealthy, un I think it's unintended uh, consequence because of the poor GI issues. You know, it's not the fault of the food. It's it's our it's mm -hmm. our gut system. It's our uh, environment and and our lifestyles and our gut health. So um, thank you for uh, educating us about this. And uh, if somebody, where can we find you? If somebody wants to see you, where can we um, get hold of you? Um, well, you can visit my website, truehealthmedical.com and purecompoundingpharmacy.com and truehealingnaturals.com. Perfect. So, and I'm happy to answer questions in the pharmacy. Um, the staff at my pharmacy is amazing and they're happy to answer questions. And yeah, we didn't get to talk about oxalates, but one of these days I'll be happy to go there with you. No, next next episode will will focus on oxalates. Oh, that sounds good. Because that's a that's a topic in itself. I mean, you know, when it comes to gut health, there are so many uh, uh, so many uh, contributors, so many variables, and uh, but I just wanted to start with with something basic, like I mean, the sulfur producing uh, sulfur producing. Yes. Uh, compounds which yeah. cause the overgrowth of those particular bacteria itself is a is a big uh, it's a message mm -hmm. it's a big so you, problem with a lot of people too that's right so thank you everyone as usual please send us your questions comments uh, anything that you want to say we are delighted to answer get back to you and answer those questions thank you again have a wonderful day and i will see you next week on ask nutritionist deepa Thank you.